Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. OMG, guys. I am back from Italy. I mean, okay, I technically came back two weeks ago from Italy, but it was epic. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I hosted my first international retreat in Lake Cuomo, Italy. This was for dietitians, nutrition professionals who want to think outside the box for their businesses and just have a different, literally different surroundings to be able to think about what the next steps are in their business. And this was exactly how I imagined it to be. Actually, it was better than I imagined it to be. Let's be real. We can only think so far into the future and plan so much, but it was an amazing and immersive and literally life-changing experience for the RDs who came along. Mornings started out with yoga, overlooking the water and the beautiful mountains, and then we dove into breakfast where we had chats about business and enjoyed the local cuisine. Everyone got their time within that space that we were really able to work daily on some of those goals. And then after that, we were able to explore the Italian countryside. We were able to go to a couple of different cities around Lake Cuomo and really immerse ourselves into the culture, the cuisine, the shopping, because duh, and It was just an amazing experience. Obviously, I learned a bunch of things that I would change going forward, but I think that that's the point, right? Like we learn, we grow, we evolve. And I think overall, it was so much more than I could have expected. Um, I also brought one of my really cool friends that I've met on Instagram in with me on this. Uh, Her name is Miko and she does the human design side of things. So she really broke that down for these ladies as well. We got so deep because we had time to go so deep. And then we were able to explore what incorporating their design looked like into their business and into their personal lives and into the next couple of months and maybe even next year of what that could look like for them. So I think that aspect of it was really important and that's more than my knowledge in human design, which is why I think collaboration in so many different areas of your business can be so beneficial to really give your clients the full scope of what they want, what they deserve and what they need, right? To like achieve those goals. So I'm so excited to do it again in May of next year. So May, 2023, that first week, the first through the sixth, I will be hosting another retreat in Valencia, Spain this time. The masterful <laughs> like vision for that I have for this is a beachside villa. And then we get to explore not just the beach, not just the mountains surrounding Valencia, but also the really cool city, the amazing food scene that's there. And you get to meet up with some really cool dietitians who are also down to explore their business, their mind, body, soul aspect of it, and a new city all in a new way. I think the biggest takeaway from this is that what's really cool is that you're already on the other side of the pond, meaning that you can tack on a trip a couple of days before so that maybe you're not crazy jet lagged when we first start meeting, or this could be a really cool opportunity for your family or someone else, or maybe just friends to meet up with on the back end of it, or treat yourself to an extended solo retreat on the back end of it or on the front end of it. But I think this is itself is a retreat specifically for business. And yes, we are going to be totally seeing this city, but it's not necessarily meant as a sightseeing tour when we're in this place. Yes, we do get to explore, but that is not the sole purpose. So I think 
what I've learned at least is tacking on a couple of days in the front or in the back is going to be really important. If this is something that's important to you to like go explore the culture, the scenery and get out of the city itself. So with all of that said, I'm going to drop more details about the Valencia trip in the show notes. You can check all of that out. I'm really excited to keep this going. I call it a little bit of woo, a little bit of business brainstorm, a hell of a lot of food and just meeting some really cool people and being able to have genuine conversations about business without the blueprint, without the blueprint, without the bullshit, without the bullshit blueprint. Oh, and yeah, just as a really cool time to come together. So it's not often that I do a live intro the week of, but I feel like this was really important to have a conversation after I've had time to recoup post Italy because it was a lot. Um, but also just to give you guys a little bit of an update about like real life happening in real time. So hopefully the Valencia trip is something that you are stoked about as excited as both Miko and I are about it. And I would love to see you there if that fits into your schedule and if that feels aligned. Alrighty guys, we are hopping into a really fun conversation with a culinary RD. I like to think of this as the path less traveled, right? Like the culinary RD. A lot of the times our conversations with our clients are food forward conversations, but it's very infrequent that a dietitian will actually have culinary knowledge or culinary experience other than the occasional passionate home cook. There are, I would say maybe there's definitely more than a handful of RDs, but it's few and far between that you're finding someone with actual hands-on culinary training. So it's really cool because today I get to introduce a fellow Jewu alum. Her name is Nicole Cuoco. She is a dietitian and a trained chef who believes in a whole body approach to nutrition and that everyone has their own unique finding in their balance, AKA Trovare, which is the name of her company. And in Italian, that means to find. So if you have no idea what this episode is going to be about, there's two Italian girls who love food. If that gives you any hint. Anyway, she teaches her clients how to nourish their body and reach their goals while finding their balance without the BS. Without further ado, let's talk to Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked you're here. I'm super stoked to be here. I'm very excited. All right. Well, before we get to know you better, let's get to know you better with the three most important questions ever. Are you ready? Bye. <laughs> One, what is your bucket list travel destination? For years, it's always been Australia. I always said, like, I wanted to swim with, like, the Great Whites in Australia, um, even though, like, I don't go in the water up here on the East Coast because I'm scared of sharks. <laughs> but more recently, it's been Spain. For some reason, Ooh. I feel like a lot of food bloggers that I follow have been going there, and I'm like, all the, the tapas and the small plates, I just, I love the lifestyle. So it's between Australia and it's between Spain right now. I'm going to be super real with you. I actually recorded a podcast today with someone from Australia who loves tapas, especially tapas in Spain. So all of that <laughs> universal connection right there. I love it. That's like everything internalized and is so happy right now. <laughs> okay. Second question. What is your favorite meal of all time? Oh, it's pasta. It's, there's just no doubt in my mind. It's pasta. Um, okay. Follow-up question. <laughs> What shape? Rigatoni. Meze rigatoni. Just, it just touches my soul. It's so good. (laughs) 
I love that. So I like I like my pasta liche, meaning like none of the little ridgy poos on it. Uh-huh. So I I can't remember what it's called, but it looks like penne, but it has no ridges on it. That's, That's my grandmother's my... favorite. <laughs> That's the one she always uses. Oh, so yummy. It's so mm. good. <laughs> okay. It's I can... like nostalgic thinking about it. <laughs> I have a picture of my nonna like on my desk and like Oh, I love that she and I would like go through all of the pastas every Sunday. I would like go downstairs and like sneak meatballs. So I'm happy that your nonna is still with you. Yeah, she's, she's phenomenal. I mean, she's 93 years old and just an absolute spitfire. She's actually staying with us this week and we made pasta. We made lasagna, which is not lasagna, but like lasagna fagiole is um, like long. It's almost like spaghetti. Yeah. But she makes her pasta dough without yolks. It has like olive oil, water, salt, it's so good. Yum. We made gnocchi. You're it's, getting spoiled this week. <laughs> yeah, it's she's such a blessing to have. She's a pain in the neck. She's as feisty as I am at 28, <laughs> as, as I'm going to be at 93. But it's she's awesome. <laughs> I love that. All right, and then third most important question: coffee or cocktails? Cocktails, especially now that it's springtime here in the Northeast. Absolutely, cocktails. <laughs> What's your go-to? Right now, it's an Aperol spritz, but I'm usually a grapefruit mar girl. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. So a little bit bitter in your cocktail yeah. life. Okay. I like the bitterness a lot. Um, there's a restaurant close by here that does it with like super fresh grapefruit juice. And uh, I, I can't describe It's magical. <laughs> that sounds really delightful. Yeah. All right. Well, we can probably talk about food all day and we'll probably continue to talk about food but let's chat a little bit about your beginnings as an RD. I know we have some similarities. Yes. So it all begins at our, our collective alma mater, JWU, uh-huh. Johnson Wales. <laughs> <laughs> there are some um, other uh, there are some other names for for JWU out there that I will probably spare the listeners, but mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're referring to. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <little> inside joke. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it all started at Johnson and Wales. I went to culinary school thinking that I wanted to become a chef. That was my dream. Never wanted to work in a cubicle or do boring things like that. Um, and so went to culinary school, was working in a restaurant since I was like 14 or 15. Um, so I had a couple of years under my belt. When we finish our associates, as you know, at the end of sophomore year, we have to decide what kind of track we're going to go. If we're going to do, you know, hospitality, if we're going to do food service management, or nutrition. Yeah. Um, my close friend was doing nutrition. My other, my two best friends, they're still my best friends to this day. They were doing nutrition. And I was like, huh, I guess that makes sense. I was like, I struggled with weight, um, in high school a lot. I had tried every diet, every cleanse, read every Cosmo article, like did my own quote unquote research on, um, the best ways to lose weight and stay thin. And, you know, I did it the right way. I did it the wrong way. And I had just started lifting weights at this point too with a friend of mine in college and I loved it. Um, and so I was like, all right, I was like, nutrition makes sense. I was like, I think this is the right, you know, the right track for me. I think that, you know, now I'm two years into school, I'm five or six years into at that point, I started working in the restaurant at 14, 15. I was working so much. Sometimes I was coming home from school to work the weekends because I loved the owner of the restaurant. He was an old Italian man. Um, and either him or his wife would call me on like a Wednesday or Thursday because we had Fridays off. Yep. And they knew I mistakenly told them this. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, hey, Nick, you know, can you come in? We really need you at the restaurant this week. So 
you know, throughout college, I was coming home and working, you know, I worked at Urban Outfitters in Providence, and then I would come home on the weekends and sometimes and work at the restaurant. And I was like, this isn't sustainable. Like, this is not the life I want to live. I wanted something a little more normal. I wanted kids, wanted holidays off. So I decided to get into dietetics, (laughs) which, you know, was an adventure of its own. The program at Johnson & Wales, as I'm sure you know, is very intense. Our director was very intense. Uh, We had very high expectations, which probably fed a lot of my type A-ness I developed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So from there, I did the dietetic and the DPD program. Um, That was intense. And then didn't really feel ready. Like I, I didn't, I think I was so new to becoming like a dietitian. It was like two years. I had this epiphany of like, okay, I'm going to be an RD, but like, it's kind of like getting a lower form of your doctorate. So like this, this is a lot to take on all of a sudden. (laughs) It's a big shift. So I applied to the New York Presbyterian internship, which is hella clinical. Can we just though going from like, Okay, let's break this down for the people who don't understand, like, the Jaewoo undergrad. Our classes were literally in culinary labs. Like, we learned the science behind nutrition, literally cooking, right? Like, I think we had a couple of classes where we learned about, like, counseling to some extent. That's kind of. It's a reach. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, kind of. To our professors, like Robinson, Barbara Robinson, <gasps> Baller, oh, yes, and Robinson, She's Janet funny. Roslin. You ladies are the shit for sure. Those but names. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but like clinical was not the focus at all. Nope. Okay. No. So what made you go to NYP? Tell me, please. <laughs> I, you know, so I'm born and raised in Connecticut in the Panhandle. I'm in Stanford. So I'm right outside of New York City. I'm in the tri-state area. And so, you know, the internships around me, 90% of them are in New York City um, at all the big hospitals. And New York Presbyterian, I don't know why I had, it was like starstruck when I went there. I went there with a friend on a tour and I was like, this is so great. And then I'm listening to the the grads that are in the the program and they're like ex-Wall Street execs. Uh, Their husband owns a Fortune 500 company. (laughs) They have like 20 years of experience before going into the internship. And I'm like, holy shit. Um... (laughs) I don't know what to do. So I panicked. (laughs) I applied to one internship. Oh my God. Didn't get matched. I mean, I kind of knew it. That was like a flop year. That was like, I did it because everybody else was doing it, which I I regret in the long run. Were you still in your undergrad? Like when you applied? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was senior year. It was forced upon us. Yeah. That was the point I was going to make was that we were were pigeonholed into applying we were also told that if we didn't get matched, we were hurting the rankings of the school. So there was a lot of pressure on us to like do the right thing, quote unquote, and yeah. apply and get matched. And, you know, it was so sudden. It was our senior year of college, like you and trying to apply to an internship. And if one period is off in your application, you know, they'll throw it away. So that was a, a toss away application. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I stayed in Rome. I, you know, after graduation, I kept working. I was working six, seven days a week in the restaurant, which was cool, whatever, fine. And then I applied again. And what is it? Springtime, we usually apply. Yeah. And I didn't get matched again. My number one school was NYU. And that was like my dream school. I always wanted to go there. So I was crushed when I didn't get in. Yeah. 
And it was more so I applied to like NYU, New York Presbyterian, and some other crazy hard internship. And just ego blow after ego blow after ego blow. You're also in such a big city that like the competition is even higher there, which I think is so frustrating, right? Like it's just like the density of like how many people are applying to those internships too. So it's not even you. It's just the millions of other people Mm -hmm. or like hundreds of other people that like you're applying with whose resumes are also stacked. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so okay. it was a lot <laughs> but I'm gonna emotionally eat as you continue to speak <laughs> absolutely please do for me <laughs> so you know went through all that stress that was that was the one that hurt the most that I didn't get into but I also you know in hindsight didn't apply smart like I didn't yeah. apply to colleges where I actually had a a fighting chance to get into b I could afford thank god I didn't get into NYU oh my gosh <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about student loan debt, (laughs) you know, so the third time around I interviewed around and I met with program directors and I did all the right things that I should have been doing from the beginning, you know, reaching out, asking questions, stuff like that, going to see the place. Yeah. I landed on Lehman college just by chance. And it was, wow. Yeah. I loved my program director. Shout out to Marina Sopler. She is an incredible woman. She's so cool. She like completely revived that program and we were like one of the first or second uh years that she had or classes that she had yeah and so I had a wonderful experience I connected with her right off the bat so you know I told her that I want to have a private practice someday that I'm really into lifting weights and stuff like that so it actually worked out that for even though it's a clinical internship Mm -hmm. we have like our little specializations if we choose to and if she can accommodate it yeah so I got to follow a private practice dietitian who was like the first in the U S to do it. Um, wow. she's, yeah, she's, I think in her sixties now, but she is an incredible, incredible woman. Honestly, her name escapes me, but I haven't talked to her in a year or so, but she That's was super cool. Yeah. I feel like it's rare that even now, well, maybe less so now, but like five years ago when I went through the internship, like it's rare that someone would like allow you to follow them in a private practice and that you could do anything outside of the clinical world. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was incredible to see, like, she was working from home. Her husband was doing her billing for her, so oh, she wow. didn't even worry about billing. <laughs> she had, like, an old fax machine, like, in the back of her garage where she would get referrals from doctors. And she's what? like, this is the way I've been doing it. Like, and it works. <laughs> and I'm like, this is incredible. This is so cool. Like, you're working in your basement. Like, you know, it's a beautiful basement, but, like, <laughs> you're working in this gorgeous, beautiful basement and your own home. There's no commute. You're doing things on your own time, making your own schedule. And I just, she was such a badass, like even before her time, I mean, she's, you know, she lobbies for, for us up in New York and she, you know, she's really fighting to get, um, you know, more respect for RDs in the state of New York because it's really hard there. And, um, it was super important for, I, that was, that was an incredible part of my internship and I loved every second of it. That's freaking awesome. So how... Okay. I I find this interesting. I feel like a lot of the people that I graduated with are not using their culinary skills in the least bit anymore. I would love to know, like, one, are you still using your culinary skills? And two, is that something that's important to you to like bring into your practice or your space when you're working with clients? 
Absolutely. Um, I absolutely still use my culinary skills. A lot of people know me because I'm the girl that went to culinary school. Like there's not a lot of us in this area or in my graduating class. I mean, Stanford's a small place. And so people are fascinated by the fact that I have this culinary background. And I always tell people I have a view on food that's very different from other dietitians. You know, I learned the science of it, but I learned how to cook. I learned how to cook with flavor and I learned how to utilize the fats, the butters, the salts, the sugars in a way that makes a meal balanced. Yeah. And so I tie that into, you know, what I do in Trovade and Trovade is kind of love, a love child of like everything that I believe to be true about food and nutrition, which I think every dietitian's practice is their love child of what they think. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love food. I love, you know, family. I love enjoying the experience of food, but I also love taking care of my body. And I know what it does for me when I eat the right things for my body. And so through Trovare, I've been able to kind of create my own gray area, I guess. I don't really subscribe to any one, you know, intuitive eating or haze or, you know, keto or whatever else, you know, people are niching down into. I think, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And there's amazing RDs doing amazing things in those spaces. But for me, I love the gray area. I just love teaching people how to eat, how to cook, how to feel more comfortable in the kitchen and make it more of like an experience you know, then I have to eat. I have to do this. I have to cook. It's like, no, if we have the time and we're able to, if we're privileged enough to be able to cook in a kitchen, then we should, you know, utilize our skills that we do have and find a way to make it work for our bodies and our goals. Preach girl. I I will (laughs) sit here and listen for another 30 minutes. Preach. Seriously. I think, I don't know about your childhood, but like for me, food was love. And like, Spending time with family, whether it be in the kitchen or around the kitchen table, that was like the time for bonding. That was the time Mm -hmm. for love. And that was an experience like you just said. And I don't think the average American household has the time for that, which really sucks, right? Like we would mostly do it on Sundays. Like my parents worked late Mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to live with my grandparents too. So like old school New York, like two story, (laughs) two story, the whole family lives together until everyone gets married kind of thing. Absolutely. And even when they're (laughs) married, we still kind of live together. (laughs) Exactly. But like Sundays were the time where like the whole family would just sit down for like three hours and like that was family time. So you probably had that too. And like, that was your mindset going into this, like embracing it around food. How do you, how do you explain that to someone or what is it like explaining it to someone who hasn't had that experience, but showing them that there can be so much love around all of this. Um, so just being more mindful has been a big thing with a lot of my clients lately. Um, sitting down, taking a break, even if, whether it's, you know, I have one, one client right now who works with her mother and I'm like, sit down with your mother at lunchtime, have lunch together, put your phones on the other side. If you need to set a timer because they own a business, Yeah. you know, if you need to set a timer, set a timer, put your phone on the other side of the room and, and have a conversation, you know, whether it's something like that, or it's just sitting and being with your family, you know, having them sit at the table with you, bringing kids into the kitchen. You know, I don't have kids, but I taught kids cooking classes for a long time. And I love working with kids and food. I think it's, it's so great. So I've taught a lot of moms on like little things that they can do to bring the family into the kitchen. Even if it's for a quick meal, have the kids sit up on the counter and, you know, tear spinach, tear basil, or just watch what you're doing. And ask them to smell things, ask them to taste things as you're going along and including them in the process. I think that we can, we can set a new standard for what it means to, you know, make time for family, Um, especially as everything's moving 
digitally. More people are working from home now too, which has its own struggles. Um, but I think that we can re- kind of restructure our day in a way where we take time for ourselves and for our family. It can really benefit us all. I totally agree. I think I think a lot of times people think of like family time as like being outside or like I don't know going to Disneyland. But it can be as simple as like, like you said, your kids sitting on the counter, asking questions, smelling the different smells, exploring the different textures, the feels, whatever. And that can inspire conversation like around those veggies. And that can be a great time to educate, but make it fun too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like you were saying before, that's how we grew up. I mean, we grew up in the kitchen with our grandmothers, you know, helping cook and prepare. And, you know, you learn how to set the table, you learn how to measure things without measuring things, you know, (laughs) you go by the way you feel. So if I can bring, you know, some of that Italian culture that I was lucky enough to have to other people, I think that I've seen a lot of great success with my clients um, who aren't Italian. I mean, you don't have to be Italian to be a client of mine, but, you know, we, we incorporate a lot of the culture and I think that they really appreciate it because it's, it's refreshing, you know? Definitely. And that's why people visit Italy, right? For the oh. culture. You're bringing it to them. <laughs> I'm bringing it home. I'm bringing it right here to Connecticut. <laughs> I love that. So in, in your space, like obviously you come at it from a culinary perspective, a mindfulness perspective. Are there any other RDs that you vibe with that you want to collab with like niche wise? All of them. I'm, I'm open. I, I love to learn. I, like I said, I, I work in the gray area, right? So I kind of take bits and pieces from other things, but I love just to learn about like what other people are doing, you know, and, and what other niches there are out there and any and all the dietitians that want to collab, I'm always, I'm always down to learn and explore new things. And I think that that's what's really cool about approaching nutrition from like a food perspective. And I know like nutrition and food, basically the same thing, but not really like Mm -hmm. approaching it from like a food and flavor forward perspective. You really can collaborate with any other dietitian out there, which is so freaking cool. Like it's not limited because you can explain flavor to someone who works with type two diabetes or someone who works with a haze approach or literally whatever, which is super cool. I mean, obviously as long as it aligns with your values too, but like, yeah, I can literally do anything. Freaking awesome. (laughs) It's like paying Tetris, you know, you kind of like put the pieces together to kind of build this, you know, great thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what collaboration is. Oh my God, it's Tetris. (laughs) It's Tetris. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, Nicole. So if RDs out there dig your vibe, where can they reach out to you? My number one platform is is Instagram right now. So at Trovare Nutrition, dot nutrition. So T-R-O-V-A-R-E dot nutrition. Awesome. And for those who don't speak Italian, what does that mean? <laughs> so trovare means to find. Um, so my my little tagline in my head for myself is I help you find your balance without the bullshit. So <laughs> we, that's what I love to do for my clients. We are we are out here on a journey together. Yes. And cheese on your pasta and making it taste delicious. Ugh, always, always. Salt your pasta water, put grated cheese on your pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Put your phone down at the table. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, it's been a pleasure. I'm so excited to have been able to have the opportunity to speak to you and that we've connected because apparently we like crossed paths like when we were literally at the same college. (laughs) But like 
yeah. didn't. So this it was a big little college. It was a big little college. <laughs> but it's all come full circle now. <laughs> yes. It's been a pleasure. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. Didn't I tell you that was going to be a fun conversation? Mostly about food, a lot about geeking out about other things that maybe were inside jokes. But anyway, it was such a fun conversation with Nicole. And in my POV, I think it really made a difference having the culinary side of things when I'm able to speak to clients or when I was talking to clients in that way. So if you haven't checked out some type of culinary program, I highly recommend it. And if you don't want to learn those skills yourself, remember, I have the Kitchen Confidence Resource Library, which is a tool that dietitians can purchase and then provide to their clients. Essentially, it's like a culinary degree in a nutshell. The videos are about five minutes long each, and I help you help your clients focus on the actual learning of the skill set. So yes, there are recipes in there, but we really focus in on the culinary skills behind the recipe so that your client is extremely confident in the kitchen and able to look in the fridge, the freezer, and the pantry and know exactly what to make with what they have on hand. Oh, and make it flavorful because is there any other way? All right, guys, let's do a quick recap. One, if you're in your undergrad applying to DIs, don't feel rushed. You can apply on your own time when you're ready, not just because your DPD tells you it's the best choice. Two, your private practice is your accumulation of experiences, knowledge, and beliefs. You can create the practice that suits you and still attract the clients you want to work with. Three, we set a new standard of what it means to spend time with family. You can get the kiddos involved in the kitchen. Four, collaboration is Tetris. Guys, this was such a fun episode and I'm beyond stoked to have so many more cool conversations coming at you through the end of the year. And this is a quick reminder of what's coming since we are talking about the rest of the year, which is crazy that there's only three full months left in 2022. Okay, so for the end of the year, I have another roundtable session coming up. So if you're interested in a roundtable, please let me know. I only have a couple spots, so I want to make sure that if that's something that you are interested in, please let me know and we'll get you in. Second, I have in January an American tour, if you will, coming. It's not really a tour. I'm calling it the NYC Summit and Social, and this is a space for dietitians to connect, collab over food, and I'm going to have three really cool speakers. Tony Toledo, registered dietitian of the PATH podcast, Anne Elizabeth Cundiff, RDN of the Anne Elizabeth podcast, and Alyssa Rumsey, RDN, published author. I am so stoked to have these three ladies as panelists on the upcoming Summit and Social in New York in January. So that's happening January 28th, 2023. It is a Saturday, and there are really, really, really limited spots available. And I wouldn't be saying that, like I'm really not using this as a sales tactic. I'm letting you know that like I only have space for a certain number of people, and that's what's happening. So if you're in the tri-state area or if you're like, oh my God, I have to fly across the United States to go to that, I would highly recommend purchasing a ticket soon. Um, I have nine tickets left at $2.55 and then all the remaining tickets are $2.99. So snag a ticket early to save a little bit of money. Uh, I will also put the link for that in the show notes as well. 
more things happening, I guess not technically before the end of the year, but just a reminder that Valencia is happening May 1st through May 6th of 2023. I've decided to cut that down. I was initially doing eight people, but I really like the intimacy of having a smaller group. So it will be space for five people max. And I think it's going to be really cool like that. Everyone's going to have their own space and we're going to have a lot more autonomy, right? Being able to move around with a smaller group. So that's what I got going on for the rest of the year. And even if none of these programs interest you, or maybe they don't fit your budget this year, no worries. I would still love to connect to you. So hit me up on Instagram at the dietitian collaborative, all one word. And I'm always down for a chat, even if it like is literally just meeting and getting to know you, because I probably have someone who I would think of automatically to connect you to. So happy Thursday, happy whatever day you're listening to this. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. I will come back at you next week when I'm chatting with Stephanie Long. She is a holistic nutritionist turned business coach. And this is a really cool conversation, I think as well, because we put a lot around our letters as an RD, but let's open up the conversation and think a little bit outside the box. All right, guys, until next week. Ciao.